Hello, and welcome to the Mormon History Podcast. Episode 3, Birth of a Savior. Our story begins many years after Adam and Eve were driven from the Garden of Eden. They worked the land and had children. Their children grew up, worked the land, and had children of their own. We know that God told Adam and Eve about Jesus Christ when they were in the garden. They began to offer sacrifices to God. They did it to grow closer to Him and to communicate with Him. From the book of Moses, in the Brother Great Price, we hear God's continuation of Adam and Eve's story as told by God to Moses. It is found in Moses 5, 4-7. And Adam and Eve, his wife, called upon the name of the Lord. And they heard the voice of the Lord come from the way towards the Garden of Eden, speaking unto them. And they saw him not, for they were shut out from his presence. And he gave unto them the commandments, that they should worship the Lord their God, and should offer the first things of their flocks for an offering unto the Lord. And Adam was obedient unto the commandments of the Lord. And after many days an angel of the Lord appeared unto Adam, saying, Why dost thou offer sacrifices unto the Lord? And Adam said unto him, I know not, save the Lord hath commanded me. And the angels spake, saying, This thing is a similitude of the sacrifice of the only begotten of the Father, which is full of grace and truth. Jesus Christ is the only begotten of the Father. This is one of his more common titles. It means that he was the, the only person born of God. God, our Heavenly Father, is literally, and in every sense of the word, the Father of Jesus Christ. Whereas we are spirit children of God, Christ is the physical Son of God. So when the angel told this to Adam, it was one of the first recorded prophecies of the first coming of Jesus Christ. Enoch, the next major prophet after Adam, related an exchange between Adam and Jesus, the God of the Old Testament. If thou wilt turn unto me, and hearken unto my voice, and believe, and repent of all the transgressions, and be baptized even in water, in the name of mine only begotten Son, who is full of grace and truth, who is Jesus Christ, the only name which shall be given under heaven, whereby salvation shall come unto the children of men, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, asking all things in his name, and whatsoever ye shall ask, it shall be given unto you. Thanks to the book of Moses, which is revealed to the prophet Joseph Smith from 1830 to 1831, we know that the ancients not only knew of Christ would come, but prepared themselves for his advent. They had faith that he would come. They repented and were baptized and received the Holy Ghost. Throughout history, many prophesied of the coming of Christ. Enoch saw the coming of Christ. Moses 7, 45-7 Enoch cried unto the Lord, saying, When the day shall come, when, when the day of the Lord, when shall the day of the Lord come? When shall the blood of the righteous be shed? And all they that all they that mourn may be sanctified and have eternal life. And the Lord said, It shall be in the meridian of time, in the days of wickedness and vengeance. And behold, Enoch saw the day of the coming of the Son of Man, even in the flesh, and his soul rejoiceth, saying, The righteous is lifted up, and the Lamb is slain for the, from the foundation of the world. Noah and Melchizedek both preached of the coming of the Messiah and the importance of baptism. When Abraham sacrificed, almost sacrificed Isaac, he was told that God would sacrifice his son, that is, Christ. Abraham and Sarah were also taught that the son of the world would be born through the lineage of their son Isaac and his son Jacob. At the end of the book of Genesis, Jacob, now called Israel, blesses his, sons, his son Judah, saying that through him Shiloh, or Christ, would come. 
In the Book of Mormon, we learn that Moses was one of the many prophets who prophesied of Christ. For behold, did not Mo Moses prophesy unto them concerning the coming of the Lord, and the God through which should redeem his people? Yea, even all the prophets who have prophesied ever since the world began, have they not spoken more or less concerning these things? Have they not said that God himself should come down upon the children of men, and take upon him the form of a man, and go forth in mighty power upon the face of the earth? The Law of Moses, with all its sacrifices and symbols, taught of Christ's coming. The Law of Moses was given to the Israelites while in the wilderness at Sinai. It was meant to keep them looking forward to the coming of Jesus Christ. Edward J. Brandt described three examples of how the Law of Moses prepared the Israelites for the coming of Christ. Quote, First, the burnt offering, or sacrifice representing the future sacrifice of Christ that had been given first to Adam and reestablished as part of the Law. In this sacred rite, unblemished animals were used as similitudes pointing to the Lamb of God, who is to be the great and last sacrifice. Second, the Day of Atonement, which known as Yom Kippur, and still observed in part by Jewish people today, was established as an annual memorial and ritual that represented the vicarious suffering for the sins of all the people. The third example is the Passover feast. This celebration was not only in remembrance of the Lord's freeing of the Israel from bondage in Egypt, but also foreshadowed the future sacrifice of Christ. The feast centered around an unspotted lamb, killed without breaking any bones, which is a type or a symbol of the sacrifice of Christ. End quote. Moses also prophesied directly of Christ's coming. In Deuteronomy he said, The Lord thy God will raise up unto thee a prophet from the midst of thee, of thy brethren, like unto, like unto me, unto him ye shall hearken. In Numbers, he said, There shall come a star out of Jacob, and a scepter shall rise, shall rise out of Israel. When apostasy, or a state of disbelief or wickedness, overtook the people of Israel in the United Kingdom, unified kingdom of David, divided into two separate nations, God continued to send prophets to prepare the people for the coming of, Je of Jesus. One of these, arguably the most famous, was Isaiah. Throughout the book of Isaiah, from in the Old, on the Old Testament, the prophet makes references to the imminent coming of Christ. Isaiah 7 Therefore the Lord himself shall give unto you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. Isaiah 9 For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. His name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Isaiah 53 He was despised and respected of, rejected of men a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we were healed. Those last couple of verses refer specifically to the atonement of Jesus Christ, which was the focal point of Christ's mission. Isaiah even prophesied of the coming of a prophet that would prepare the way for Christ. This prophet, whose ministry is foretold, was John the Baptist. Isaiah 40 The voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord. According to the chronology of the Old Testament, the northern kingdom of Israel was taken cap captive by the Assyrians in 721 BC. The southern kingdom was defeated with the capture of Jerusalem in 587 BC by the ba Babylonians. Fifty years later, Babylon fell, and King Cyrus of Persia decreed that the Jews were to return to Canaan from their Babylonian captivity. The ten tribes of the northern kingdom were scattered to the lands of the north. Those Jews who did not return to build the city of Jerusalem, who did return, built, rebuilt the city 
of Jerusalem, including powerful city walls and a shiny new temple, thanks to the leadership of Ezra and Nehemiah. During this time, the Persian Empire grew and waxed strong. Forty years after the return of the Jews, the Persians invaded Greek territory, culminating in the Battle of Marathon in 490 BC. The Greeks won the battle and eventually drove Persia back, victorious in the Greco-Persian Wars. While Athens and Sparta were battling it out to see who would be the dominant Greek power, Egypt and Media revolted from the Persian Empire. The fate of Persia was sealed when the Macedonian King Alexander slayed Persian Emperor Darius in 330 BC. Alexander's sparkling empire didn't last long, as it was divided between his generals. Canaan fell under the Seleucid control, despite clashes. Meanwhile, things were changing within the Holy Land. It began to resemble the land in which John and Jesus were born. The Sanhedrin and the high priest gained power. The Pharisee and Sadducee groups were conceived and formed. The land was now called Judea in the Seleucid Empire. A group of rebel Jewish warriors called the Maccabees revolted against the Seleucids and created an independent state within the empire. From this revolt comes the story of the miracle of the menorah in the temple, which burned for eight days and one day's worth of oil. This is what is remembered during the celebration of Hanukkah. The Hasmonean kingdom of the Maccabees was semi-independent for a few years until the Seleucid Empire crumbled enough for the little kingdom to expand and exercise complete autonomy. There was a civil war that greatly weakened the kingdom and set it up for fail to fail when the Romans arrived. In 63 BC, Pompey, the great Roman leader, arrived in Jerusalem. Jewish patriots refused him entry into the city, and a siege ensued. Pompey and his army defeated the defenders and entered the Holy of Holies in the temple. Judea became a Roman protectorate and had to pay tribute to Rome. Herod the Great, a Roman client king, was installed in 36 BC, bringing an end to the Hasmonean dynasty. Herod completed many large building projects, including an expansion of the Temple of Zorobabel, built after the return of the Jews centuries before, dubbed the Temple of Herod. According to the Gospel of Matthew, this is the same Herod that oversaw the Massacre of the Innocents, and an attempt to kill the Christ child, who was supposedly prophesied to overthrow him. This brings us to the birth of John the Baptist. Zacharias, an elderly priest, and his equally elderly wife, Elizabeth, did not have any children. One day, Zacharias was chosen to burn incense in the golden altar in the temple. Alone in the holy place, the inner sanctum of the temple of Herod, Zacharias offered a prayer to God. Suddenly a bright light appeared, followed by a figure. It was an angel named Gabriel. Zacharias was very afraid, and Gabriel no doubt tried to dispel his fears. He told Zacharias that Elizabeth was pregnant with a son, and that he should name him John, and that it would be a he would be a blessing to his people. Zacharias, an educated priest, must have realized that this promised son was to be the forerunner of the Messiah. He doubted that his wife, who was so old, could have a baby, just as he doubted that in himself that he could raise such a child. He asked Gabriel how he would know this would come to pass. Gabriel replied that he would be struck dumb until the day John was born. The other priests, who were growing concerned that Zacharias was taking such a long time, were shocked to see him stumble out of the holy place and able to speak. John the Baptist was one of the few people in history whose birth was foretold by angelic messengers. His life and ministry, though not, not much is known about them, remain important in the history of the Church of Jesus Christ. He was a precursor to the Savior himself. Many of, many of John's devotees would later profess belief in Christ. Thanks to John, Christ's ministry began with a handful of followers. Among these were Andrew and John the Beloved, both of whom would go from being converts of John to apostles of Jesus. 
John the Baptist was also crucial in the fact that he baptized Jesus Christ and returned to the earth as an angel to give the authority to baptize Joseph Smith and Oliver Cowdery. But we shall come to both of these events in their proper order. Jesus' birth is, was foretold by an angel. Gabriel appeared to Mary, Elizabeth's cousin, and said unto her, Hail, thou who art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou, my woman. When she looked shocked and continued, he continued, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest, and the, and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Surprised, she asked how it could be, how this could be so. This was Gabriel's reply. And the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the Highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month with her, who was, who was called barren. For noth with God nothing shall be impossible. The humble and obedient Mary responded, Behold the handmaid of the Lord, being unto the, me according to thy word. Mary thus became an instrument in the hands of the Lord. While Mary visited her pregnant, the pregnant Elizabeth, Elizabeth declared, Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. Mary was later engaged to Joseph, a carpenter in Nazareth. Joseph soon found out that Mary was pregnant. He was a good man and didn't want her to be punished for possibly committing adultery. He, he had a dream in which the angel appeared to him and said, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived of her in her is of the Holy Ghost. And he shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be, with, shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is interpreted, which being interpreted is God with us. With this divine comfort, Joseph took courage and knew that his wife did not commit any sin. She was innocent of any crime, and he would not divorce her. When it came to, when it time for the Roman emperor to conduct a census, Joseph and Mary traveled to Bethlehem. By this time, Mary was very pregnant. They went from inn to inn, trying to find a place to stay. But because there were so many people in Bethlehem for the census, Joseph found no comfortable nor clean place for him and his wife to stay. They finally settled on a stable. Some interpret this as a cave. Either way, they were staying in conditions that were not comfortable for a pregnant woman. That night, the Christ child was born to Mary. She wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger. At that same time, shepherds were attending their flocks when an angel appeared, declaring good tidings of great joy unto all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Then the heavenly host appeared and sang, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. The shepherds meekly followed the angel's instructions and were led to the place where Mary and Joseph were staying. They saw the Christ child. They told Mary and Joseph, Joseph about the holy heavenly host and the, and the angel. Mary pondered the things which she heard, perhaps only beginning to realize the significance of her virgin birth and the miracle child who came from it. The shepherds left rejoicing, spreading word to all who had listened about what they had witnessed. A new star appeared in the night sky, marking the spot where the Messiah was born. After eight days, Jesus was circumcised according to the law of Moses. 
he was brought into, into to the temple in Jerusalem, along with a sacrifice to be presented to the priest. Simeon, a just and devout man, held the infant Jesus in his arms and said, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace, according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which, ser which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles, and the glory of thy people Israel. Simeon blessed the young couple, and Anna the prophetess also told them of the glory of the child in their arms. Meanwhile, word reached Word reached Herod of the child of the Christ child's birth in Bethlehem. He saw this as a threat to his hegemony, and he sent for three wise men to find the Christ child, under the guise that he too wanted to worship the child. The three wise men followed the east, the star east, and found the child with his mother Mary and stepfather Joseph. The three wise men presented gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh to the child, as they knew that he was a king. The wise men were told in a dream not to return to Herod, so they returned home another way. Similarly, Joseph had a dream in which the angel warned him, Arise, and take the young child and his mother, and flee into Egypt, and be thou there until I bring thee word, for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. Christ was taken by his parents into Egypt, just in time. When the wise men did not return to Herod, he was furious, and ordered the execution of all children under two, two years old in Judea. Christ would remain in Egypt until the death of Herod, sometime between 4 and 1 BCE. That's it for today. We'll pick it up next week. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to check out our Facebook page and our blog, www.mhistorypod.com. If you have any other questions, any questions, uh, shoot me a message on Facebook via the Mormon History Podcast. Also feel free to email me at mhistorypod at gmail.com for comments or questions. Also, please leave a rating on whatever app or site you're using. Thanks again. This has been the Mormon History Podcast.